And uh, I asked Pastor Anthony Sanders if he would come and preach for us. And just a little bit about Pastor Sanders. Pastor Sanders is the pastor of a church just over on Hallandale Beach Boulevard called Higher Vision Ministries. I met him because he and I are part of something called the South Broward Ministerial Alliance, which is uh, pastors in this area. And I said, will you come? We want to do something for MLK Weekend at New City. And he replied very quickly, I would like to preach on kingdom unity. And I said, you're in. That's, that's great. That's exactly up the alley I wanted to do. I'm going to pray right now, read the text, and then I'm just going to hand the mic to him. And when he comes up, would you give him a warm welcome when he comes? All right. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, we ask that even as we read this text, you would, you would, you would work in our hearts, that the Spirit would come in powerful ways and transform us and change us. We pray that you would be with Pastor Sanders and that you would give him words to say to us that change and, and, and bring you and your love and your purposes deeper into our hearts. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Let me read to you from Matthew 18, 19 through 20. Pastor Sanders' sermon is called um, The Power of Agreement, Kingdom Unity, The Power of Agreement. Jesus says, again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am I among them. Amen. God's word. Let's give Pastor Sanders a warm welcome. Good morning. Good morning. All right. It's my pleasure and honor to be with you this morning. Uh, Pastor John and I, we go out for coffee and conversation, and uh, we are developing a a close-knit friendship for the kingdom. Uh, I believe that uh, we've been called for such a time as this uh, for us to come together and break down our barriers and be able to come together as one. And we're the kind of frontline people in doing that. So and we're not afraid of the front line. So that's kind of how we connected. And when he called me to, uh, to come this morning, uh, I really didn't hesitate. Uh, I have other, another service uh, of my own to go to, but I said, we'll make it work because we've been talking about doing things together for uh, going on six, eight months now, and this was an opportunity, so we want to take advantage of it. Uh, in that, uh, I'm so glad all of you are here, and we've already prayed, so we're going to dive straight into the Word. Is that okay? All right, um, in this, we want to talk this morning about kingdom unity, uh, what I call the power of agreement, the power when those that are like-minded or same-minded can come together as one. If God promotes unity, then the flip side of that, Satan promotes division. So what we must understand that our strength is in our oneness. We focus so many times on our differences that we overlook or omit where our real strength is. And in this little passage, I'm going to draw out of it more of a subject matter to talk about kingdom unity. Because Jesus is telling us something here. He's saying, look, if 
two of you can just come together and can come together in agreement, you can ask whatever you will and it will be done by my father. So when you think about that, he's saying, look, it, don't, it doesn't take 2,000 of us, just two of us that will agree, that can have that oneness, that's where our strength is. And, and as I was uh, putting this together, it took me to Psalm 133 where in that he talks about brethren dwelling together in unity. And at the end of that particular uh, verse 3, it says it is there where he commands the blessing. So saints, I'm trying to tell you before you leave here today, understand that our strength lies in us coming together, in us being one and on one accord. So since it's MLK Day, I had to have a MLK weekend, I had to have an MLK quote. And I found one that says, we must learn to live together as brothers or we will perish together as fools. And I thought that was profound for us this morning. He said, if we, we gotta learn how to live together as brothers or we're gonna all perish together as fools. Unity is different from uniformity because we can dress the same, we could all put on white or we could all put on black and we could all dress and be uniformed, but that doesn't give us unity because unity is a product of submission. And in order to unify, you must first be willing to submit because in submission is how we lay down our differences to come together as one. Because most of the time in church, people have their own personal preferences. And in their personal preferences of what they like, what they don't like, what they want to do versus what they don't want to do, and they don't want to submit under an authority that will bring us together as one. Because when we come together, it's not about you and it's not about me, it's all about him. And if we could submit under that, we could drop our differences because he's the object of our attention. But when our attention is on us as individuals, now we're so focused on us that we now take the focus off of him. And God is saying to us, this is what he wants us to do, is to be able to come together in unity. So for today's lesson, I'm gonna give you four things. And these four things will be our teaching for the day. And I pray I say it right, I pray you hear it right, and we all get up here and go do it right. Amen. Is that okay? All right. So in that, I want to give you four things. Purpose, vision, authority, and power. These are your four steps towards achieving this unity. Purpose, vision, authority, and power. Purpose, God says in Isaiah, remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. There's none like me. I declare the end from the beginning. See, you got to understand how God works. 
God, like you sang the song, he's intentional, intentional, is really saying he's purposeful. Because everything he does, he does with intention and purpose. God is out, out trying things. Everything he does, he does with purpose in mind. So if you're going to walk this walk, and if we're going to come together in, as one in unity, we must understand we must have one purpose. And purpose gives us our reason and gives us our intention. Now, if you look around you, everything that was made was made with purpose in mind. There's a purpose for everything. There's a purpose for the seat you're in. There's a purpose for this. There's a purpose for the speaker. There's a purpose for everything that's made is made with purpose in mind. So in that, you must understand, so were you and so was I. If we're created, God didn't create us without purpose. So the manufacturer of the chair had in mind what he wanted when he created this chair for you to sit in. It's the same thing that God does with us. He has in mind a purpose for our lives before we're even created. And therefore now, when you are now developed, purpose now is already known because purpose is never in the thing. Purpose is always in the maker of the thing. Y'all got that? Amen. I'll pull over to let y'all catch up. <laughs> purpose is never in the manufacture. It's, 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 it's always in the maker of it. What, who had it? It was in the mind first before you see it in the physical. And in that, God is saying that he's your manufacturer. He's your developer. He knows you better than your mama. He knows you better than your family. Why? Because he made you. And when you think like that, you say, well, wait a minute. If there's a purpose for all of these things I look at, it's nothing you can point to that doesn't have purpose. So if purpose is that much around you, then certainly purpose must be for your life too. But if you live your life and don't understand the purpose for it, you end up wandering in life and never know when you've arrived because you didn't know where you were going. So church, we must first have purpose. There's a purpose for us being here. There's a purpose for us connecting. There's a purpose for you inviting me. Nothing in this life is done without purpose. Because it's God's reason and God's intention of why he brings you together. Th next thing is vision. You got to have purpose and then you must have vision. So I make sure y'all understand me and say vision. vision. Okay, at least y'all got it. Okay, vision. Vision gives you now a glimpse of the end product. It gives you a glimpse. Y'all ever been driving and you see a billboard and on the billboard it says coming soon? Please tell me not, please. Y'all ever been driving? Thank you, not you, I got you. I'm talking to them. Y'all ever been driving and driving on I-95 and even if you don't drive, riding on I-95 
and you see a billboard. And the billboard says, coming soon. But it's vacant land. And they have this beautiful picture of this 30-story building. But it's on vacant land. But it's giving you a glimpse of what's coming. Vision allows you to see beyond your present. It allows you to see into now a future that has yet to come to pass. But where is it captured? In your mind. So therefore, the maker of it can show you a glimpse before it's even built. Because it's already built in the mind. And God is saying, once you have a purpose for your life, you must have vision. Because vision lets you, listen, with all the trouble in my life, with all the people coming after me, with all the things happening to me in government, if I don't have vision to know when I get up, no matter what I see, I know what I see is temporary because it's not what he showed me. So it gives me the ability to get up even though what I see in the paper, what I see on YouTube or Facebook, it's only temporary because that's not what he showed me. Y'all got that? I need to pull over? Okay, you got it. Okay, you got it. All right, just making sure, Pastor John, that they got it. Okay, now, understand. Well, let me give you a scriptural reference for this. Paul was sailing and ended up getting stranded on an island, shipwreck on an island. He tells everybody, stay with me. Stay with me. Everybody's panicking because the ship is being tossed to and fro and it is tearing up. But he says, stay with me. Stay with me. He gets run aground on the island. He gets out, he gets bit by a viper. And everybody now is waiting for Paul to die. But Paul is saying, I cannot die. I cannot die because God showed me preaching in Rome. And if I haven't made it to Rome, this cannot be my destiny. Because he gave me a vision of preaching in Rome and if I'm not at Rome, this cannot be my end. Vision is so powerful that with it now, it can give you the strength to move even when it seems like it's immovable. So we must have vision for our lives. That's why when we come together, and we were talking in the parking lot the other day, we have to have a vision that what we're saying will work will work or else all we'll see is the failure. So when we're talking, yes, we can do this. Yes, I see us coming together. Yes, I see us having conferences. I see us having conventions where people come. See, that's the vision. That's what motivates you to keep going. Even when it seems like we sitting here with five people and this ain't gonna never work. So you must have vision. Understand some things about vision, though. Because with vision, there's always revision. 
Re, the word re means again. In other, with your vision, you always have to have revision because there's times in life where you have to go back and revise the vision. Y'all got that? Say amen. amen. I'm going to put y'all in a Baptist church for a minute. Say amen to that. Amen. See, amen, just let me know y'all with me here. Amen. Because I'm looking at your eyes and your eyes are wide open. Praise the Lord. It's right. You're in tune, but I want to just make sure you're not so mesmerized that you're missing what I'm saying here. All right? So you need, you have to understand every vision has revision. Every vision also has within it, it also has supervision. The word super means above. So with that, you, you come to an understanding that God is always above. And though I have a vision for my life, he has the authority to now correct it. He has the authority to make what's crooked straight. He has the authority because everybody in must understand everybody needs someone over them, someone under them, and then people around them to encourage them. Every leader, every leader needs that. So you need supervision, you need revision, and then thirdly, you need provision. Because for every vision, there must be provision. You should say amen to that. That's right. Because right now, New City, with your vision, will always need provision. And the word pro means support. So with it, you need support for the vision. But God is saying in his vision, he gives you the revision, he gives you supervision, and he gives you provision. As long as you stay away from division. Because the word die means two. And scripture already tells us that two visions can't live in one house. It ends up tearing up the house. No kingdom, no city, no household can stand when there's division because it ends up tearing it up. And God is saying to you, you need this. Stay away from division. And with that, this vision in your life will carry you. Y'all all right? Amen. Amen then. Now, let's go to authority. So we got a purpose. We have a reason. We have a vision. We see ourselves doing it. Amen. Uh, listen, no matter how you fall, always fall where you can look up because if you can see yourself getting up you can get up if you can see yourself doing better you can do better if you can see yourself making it you can make it but you must be able to see it in your mind before you can do it in your life so no matter what what obstacles have come before me no matter what they thrown at me I know, I see myself, this is not me. And you'll never be able to keep me here because this is not who I am. This is not what God has shown me. This is not what he has placed in my heart. So therefore, this must be a temporary bump in the road and everybody got to learn how to handle potholes or for men curves. Because everybody's good on the straight and narrow is when life throws you a curve that you have to make adjustments. Move to the next word, authority. Authority. Authority 
is always delegated. Authority can never come from you. It has to always come from something or someone above you because authority must be delegated. In other words, I can't wake up in the morning and just give myself a driver license. Now, if y'all tried that, don't, don't try that. Because I'm here to tell you it won't be no good. Because it's no good unless an authority that's above you issues them. Authority from God has to come from him. And he gives you this authority now to be able to walk and do things in his name. Not in your name, but in his name. And therefore, authority comes from above you. So I now speak in the authority of Jesus Christ. Because he's given me the authority, he's given me the delegated license to do what I do. Y'all got that? It, it didn't come from Tallahassee. It didn't come from Sunbiz. It came from above. My license of authority has been delegated to me because now it's come from Christ himself. And with that now, what validates it is not me. What validates it is him. So now when I speak, I speak in the authority of his name. I speak under the authority of what he's already done. I speak in the authority of what he's assigned me to do. So when you come together in kingdom unity, you're not coming together under your name. You're coming together under his name. And he gives you that delegated license to say to come together. That's why it's no black or white, it's no Jew or Greek, it's no, it's no slave or free, it's all now Christ. And with that now, you drop your own identity and you take on the identity of being a Christian, being Christ-like. And you wear it now, just like I carry my ID uh, for driving, I carry my ID for being in Christ. Because that's the authority I walk in. Y'all got that? Y'all sure? Yes. Let me, can I check your ID? Well, make sure you got it. Because it's just as good for, you know, like American Express say, don't leave home without it. I'm here to tell you, for kingdom, don't leave home without it. The Bible tells us to put on the whole armor, to arm yourself every day. And he promised you bread for today. That's not for tomorrow. So whatever you have today, tomorrow, you have to arm yourself again. Got it? All right. So what do we have? We have purpose. We have vision, we have authority. Authority is so powerful, a scripture reference is the centurion soldier. 
the centurion soldier in Matthew 8, understood authority. He understood authority so well, he told Jesus, you don't have to come to my house. All you have to do is speak it, and it's already done. Because he understood how authority works. I understand who you are. I'm a man of authority. I'm a man over and I'm a man under. But I understand the authority that's in you. All you got to do is speak the word and I know it's already done. And Jesus let all us know this is the kind of faith that I'm looking for on the earth. Because he knew with the authority that was in Jesus that is now in us. If we just exercise that authority to be able to speak it, everything in the atmosphere has to adjust. But do we walk in this authority? Do we walk in this authority according to God's purpose with a vision that's more powerful than Superman's? And now an authority knowing that now I'm walking in the authority of Jesus Christ. That's what, listen, that's what keeps me going. That's what keeps me, uh, listen, I, I'm not here on my own. I'm here on assignment. And I'm just carrying out the assignment I've been given. I ain't even saying I like it. But it's my assignment. I'm not here to question why God gave it to me. All I know, he gave it to me, and I must carry out my assignment. And what comes after me to frighten me or to give me fear, I need to speak in the authority of who sent me. Because a lot of us just went. I'm one who was sent. And I'm sent in the authority of Christ. All right. Let's go to power. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus, there's a verse of scripture in verse 7, said unto them, it is not for you to know the time nor the season which the Father has put in his own power, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Power is ability. Power is might. It's what they call dunamis power. You can be given an assignment and you know your purpose. You see yourself doing it. You've been given the license to go, but don't have power because power is ability. It is the ability to get the job done. That's when you're weak, he's strong. That's when you think you don't have enough, he becomes more than enough. When you think you're not gonna make it, he then picks you up and carries you. It's power. And this power, what we must understand, is so vital to us completing it because it's our strength that now you could be David that's facing Goliath and though now you have power 
that is totally different from his strength. You're able to defeat the giant because now you have a power. And I'm saying to all of us, self-included, we must carry this power to complete this assignment of kingdom unity. Because whenever you want to advance, there will be forces coming against you. And those forces coming against you don't play fair. They're not here to play fair. They break all the rules. And in breaking the rules, they're to steal, kill, and destroy. And now with you, you want to do everything and you say, I want to do it right. And God has to give you a strength even to love. A strength to even to love, a power to love those that are not loving you. A power to treat people right that's not treating you right. You cannot do it even though I see it, even though I see it happening, even though I know it's called for us to do it. We cannot do it without power. And that power is not our physical might. It's not in our own strength. It's a power that is deep within us. It's a power that now you draw on that now say wherever you're weak, I become your strength. And you're able to do things you couldn't think or imagine because now you're working with a power that's mightier than you. And I say to you that what we must do is make sure we're carrying this power with us. Because the, the road you're on is long and is narrow. Not many will join. But with the power that God gives us, we'll say we're not, sh we shall not be denied. We're going to press on. We're going to press on. Why? Because God has given us the purpose to do it. He's given us a vision of it coming to pass. And he's saying, you're the ones. Now go. And in that, Lord, we take you with us. Because even when it seems like all odds are against us, as long as you are with us, we know everything's going to be all right. So I say this in my closing. This becomes fitting because this is exactly how the movements of the 60s took place. They did it understanding there's a reason why we do what we do. We see it where King had a dream. God gives us a vision now of us doing it. And now we've been now licensed by Christ to go out. And when we go out, we go out with power. When we do that, then we'll be able to come together in that old Negro spiritual that says, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, I'm free at last. God bless you and God keep you is our prayer. If you were blessed, say amen. 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 I'm so glad that we had you today. 
because I think it was exactly what we needed to hear. Um, I couldn't help but think uh, when he mentioned the billboard over an empty lot that this is kind of our billboard. And it has a lot to do with what he's talking about in terms of kingdom agreement. There's that word vision. It says we envision a church. In other words, we're working towards something that isn't already here. We're looking to the future and we're believing God that he's going to do what it says in scripture, even if we don't see it right now, one step at a time. We envision a church that unites diverse voices to joyfully praise the one true God, that communicates and demonstrates the good news of Jesus, that celebrates being joined together. Different people saying, we're one. My ID, first and foremost, says that I am in Jesus Christ, and because of that, I'm with you, and I'm going to celebrate that. That breaks down barriers between people. And let me tell you, the moment you try and break down barriers... Like Pastor said, there's going to be a power against you and against us. Because division is the, metal, is the devil's middle name. And he loves to see people divided. But as we pray together, we'll see a new power to cross those barriers. That lives life together as an outwardly facing community. All this not because we're good, not because we want special attention, but all to the glory of King Jesus to love our neighbors, and to do good in our city because we are God's blended family. We're going to sing for a moment about unity, kingdom unity, the power of agreeing together, and then we're going to end our service as we normally do by praying for unity. Amen? Will you stand with me now?